Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Jester from FantasyJesterSports.com. How's everybody doing tonight? Coming to you as always from beautiful state of Florida, now in the Leesburg area. Absolutely, absolutely gorgeous night after it rained uh, for a good part of the day. Hope everybody is doing well tonight. Wow, great intro. Good to hear the old stuff. Good to hear the new, both at the same time. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, ma'am. Let's see. Let's take a look. What do we have for the show tonight? We'll get into the rant and everything else tonight. Jester has been full of himself lately. We are starting to worry, but listeners continue to grow. Don't expect them to get any better. We love them, but we may be creating a monster. <laughs> I love it. I love reading the write-up for the show, and it pops up here in the studio on the screen, and I get to see uh, what's been put up. Creating a monster? No. More people listening to me? What's that going to do to little old humble little old me? Nah. Have an effect? Nah. Anyway. For those of you new to the show, the Fantasy Justice Show is the fast-growing sports show. It combines insider information, great topics, interesting guests, fantasy stats, and information on all the major sports, and it comes with humor. I would be the humor. I guess that's where Jester comes in. The Jester will definitely make you laugh. The Jester combined with JT, Jason Townsend, bring the fantasy sports one-two punch that no other show can match. Wow, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? If you've had the opportunity, which obviously many of you do internationally, uh, not just nationally, uh, I, I, you can't make that up, folks. I mean, it's, it's either true or it's not. And I, anybody questioning it, I'd be more than glad to show you. But, uh, no, uh, JT and I bring the fantasy sports one-two punch that no other show can match. This is this is a true story. This is a true story. I want to meet the show that has two fantasy analysts, put, it, put them together, 
that have a better winning percentage than JT and I combined. So, um, yeah, I, I, until somebody does, I'm going to keep saying that, too, and I really don't care. This week on the show, MLB, is it, this about to be the quietest homer accomplishment? Pujols and 600, nobody making a big deal. Wow. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I mean, this guy's about to hit 600. Eight people have done this. Some of them have cheated. I didn't say that. This man's 600 and nobody's talking. I want to ask JT why. Also in MLB, we're going to talk about the 10-day DL for you fantasy players. What, what's, what's that done? How does that change your fantasy baseball? And uh, well, ask JT what he thinks of it and if he likes it. Excuse me. I needed to yawn at the time where it says NBA playoff talk. Popcorn. Oh, sorry. Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know. Oh, fantasy justice. NBA playoff talk. Yeah, we'll get there for a minute and uh, have some fun with it. NHL playoff talk. See the NBA. Yeah, but wow. Uh, I know I'm going to hear it from JT. See, because if you're new to the show, I am the Devil fan. JT is the Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And last week, I was talking about a hot goalie, and I know what's coming. Oh, I know it's coming. So tune in and stay and watch and you get to see the Jester get beat up on for a while, folks. That should be fun. There's a bunch of you out there who should enjoy that. NFL, the QB ratings of Tate Dello. If we have time in this show, we're going to go ahead on fantasyjesterssports.com. We have a bunch of articles on there. Most recently, uh, Tate Dello took a look at fantasy quarterbacks and gave his ratings. And uh, I'm sure, you know, they're good friends, JT and Tate, but JT is painfully honest. And I can't wait to see what he has to say about his friends' ratings. And then I'll chime in as well. And then finally, if we, if we have enough time, we get to it. WWE Extreme Rules and uh, this weekend and their predictions, if we can get to it. Hopefully we do, actually. Uh, uh, I want to talk about that. But, yes, there you go, folks. That's going to be Just the Facts, man, brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, BreadingFromYourBed.com, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, the land, Metalcraft, the land, 84 lumber throughout the country, and many more coming, folks. We've got, we're finalizing a couple of the deals as far as length of, and how many shows, and we're working on all those little details, but you'll see, we've got more coming. So now is normally, for those of you who listened to us before, whether you follow us through blog talk, through the website, fantasyjesterssports.com, uh, you or you're an iTunes follower, you've, you picked us up on iTunes and now you follow us, or, uh, or you have the Fantasy Jester app, uh, you know, wherever you're listening from, 
Normally, this is my rant time. Normally, this is my time where <laughs> finally at the end of the week, I get to go off about something. But tonight, I think I'm going to yield to the junior senator, if you will. JT has, is just up in arms about something. So I'm going to let him have my rant time because he needs it. Better let him get it out. Join us. Listen to what he has to say. You might agree. You might not. I don't know. But let's let him get it off his chest. He's driving me crazy. Let's get him in here. JT, how's it going, man? Chester, uh, I'm doing good. The, the number two to zero just seems to reverberate in my mind right now. And as, as you said, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But I uh, have to say, you know, uh, doing pretty good so far. You know, now if we can just get the NBA Finals off TV and get that, you know, get that off the air, uh, you know, life would be good. That is so, entertaining. Uh, but, it's really not, but you know, I, I got to jump into this. I appreciate the a uh, little bit of extra time today. You know, I talked to you about, you know, obviously you know this. You know, you run the show here. Send me last week Memorial Day to uh, cover the Rangers and Tampa Bay Rays baseball mm-hmm. game here in Arlington, Texas. And uh, I, I have to say, Tampa fans, a I feel your pain. Uh, <laughs> wow. All five of you, I do. I feel every, all five of you, I feel you guys' pain because what I saw on the field uh, that evening, uh, you know, a couple different plays that just absolutely made me, is this Major League Baseball or am I watching the Bad News Bears? Um, you know, for example, you know, Jester, I mentioned to you, Elvis Andrews hits a, you know, shot right over the shortstop's head. You have and it was Mr. Dickerson in left field actually that face planted as he was trying to dive for a ball that he had no chance of catching. Ball gets mm-hmm. past him, and Kevin Kiermeyer in center is charging and tries to bare hand the ball, and whiffs completely. Slips, tries mm-hmm. to get up, go get the ball. Meanwhile, Dickerson misses the ball again. Kiermeyer misses the ball again. Folks, this isn't. You know, Adrian Beltre at 75 years old running the bases. This is Elvis Andrews running the bases. So maybe that's a little bit of a factor in their, uh, in their hurrying. But I, it just, it's not Major League Baseball. What we see in Tampa Bay is not Major League Baseball. So let's get to the real root of, uh, of my pain. The Texas Rangers, a team that has finished in first place two straight years in the AL West, and uh, combined two and six record in the playoffs, including getting swept out of the playoffs last year in three games to the Toronto Blue Jays while giving up 22 runs. The Texas Rangers in this game, Jester, I saw the most amazing stat line I've ever seen in the history of baseball in that game last week. You know, your score is seven to five Rangers. Uh-huh. You bring in, you got a man on first for Tampa, nobody out. Kevin Kiermeyer at the plate. A guy that up to this point in the game was 0 for 3, three strikeouts, left a small village on the base paths in the process. Um, a guy that's a career 170 hitter at the ballpark in Arlington and several at bat. So he had a large sample size, uh, many, many, many strikeouts. So you intentionally walk him. The guy that's 0 for 3 with 3K, <laughs> and you intentionally walk the, the 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 guy he was due. for a guy 
Well, you, he's due for a guy that's at least batting 280 with seven, you know, seven round trippers behind him. And what happens? You got two men on, and the guy that you intentionally walked, first base, next guy up, home run. Now the Rangers bullpen once again has imploded to give up yet another lead this season. Uh, but here's the, here's the stat line at the end of the game, folks. Kevin Kiermaier finished that game 0 for 4, 4 Ks, the golden sombrero, and an intentional base on ball. Not, not a stat line that you wow. see in Major League Baseball uh, very often, but the worst bullpen in baseball. I'm sorry. I think it's time for Jeff Bannister to be shown the door. How did it take until this past Wednesday for Sam Dyson in 17 appearances in his 10.8 earned run average to get designated for assignment? The guy's one in six. Yeah. One in six. He was your closer to start the season. Uh, you, you look up and down that bullpen, you know, outside of Keone Kila, you know, maybe uh, LeBlanc, uh, you know, a, a couple of these guys – Leclerc, excuse me. You have you soured have... on Bush? Have you soured on Bush? Bush, Bush is a nice player. Bush has been elevated to that closer role. I think a lot of it just due to the fact that the uh, ineptness of of Mr. Dyson. Uh, he's a good closer, but I think he, I think he's middle of the pack. I mean, his numbers are solid. Doesn't get a lot of opportunities. If you look at the Rangers these days, the guys in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning are blowing that save opportunity long before Matt Bush gets an opportunity to get in the game. So, and Mr. Bannister needs to go. Yes, they've been in first place the last two years, and they've absolutely right. washed right out of the playoffs. The last time I checked, it, it wasn't winning in the regular season. It was winning in the postseason. Uh, the guy – I'm sorry, the guy has no business. This is a very talented team who just can't seem to get it together. Third place this year, and I don't see them even coming close to catching the Astros. So do us all a favor. In Tampa, send them somewhere else. Send them to Vegas. We know at least they'll build them a stadium so they can actually, you know, have people at the game. And B, get rid of Jeff Bannister. Let's get a real, let's get a real manager here in Texas and see what he can do with a talented ball club. I I have mixed opinions on that and mixed feelings on that because, you know, the team, as you said, finishes the season well. Getting over that playoff hump is, a, is another story. And three years into it, I don't, I don't know if that's really ready to pull the plug time. The, the Dyson move, I don't know. Okay, the bullpen problem and not having what you need back there, I don't know how much that's his fault or a GM's fault. The Dyson move, okay, and the problem with that, again, whether to send him down or not, I don't know if that's his call or not, or he's being told, keep him up and work with him. But in either case, and this is my concern, this is now trying to play devil's advocate, though, and Mm -hmm. look at it. When you have... Guys, there's two different people that I can refer to as showing where is the coaching. When you have a a talent like Gallo, and he shows so he shows nothing in progress of being taught how to just be a little bit better hitter, 
when you can see uh-huh. he was the same, he had pretty much the same strikeout rate as Aaron Judge. But you saw what uh, good, good coaching did. What you what good coaching did to Judge. Now Dyson, at one point last year, this guy was lights out. This guy was lights out. You don't go from lights out to ten for an ERA without some kind of mechanical problem. Something. What are you doing different? And who isn't coaching again? Well, well, now, well, well, hold hopefully on, hold on. when now, hold he on. goes down, hopefully, well, let me just finish because I'm almost done. When he goes down, when Dyson goes down, hopefully the minor league team down there will have a coach that will be able to do something that the major league level wasn't able to do, and that's straighten out Dyson. Then if he goes well, down and he continues this he, way, then it was uh-huh. not the coaching. But if he goes down and they fix it down there, then you've got to question what is your coaching ability up at the major league level. Well, well here's my question. Just to go back to the to the spring before spring training at the WBC. He was lights out in the WBC. So as, as much as this season, uh, it was one of the one of the key arms out of the pen for the U.S. Uh, you know U.S. national team winning the WBC. But here, here's my question with it though: Doug Brokale is the pitching coach for the Texas Rangers. At some point, when you look at that bullpen ERA and you look at the amount of games that that bullpen, and let's be real, outside of you, Darvish, in a 3 one uh, Cole Hamels in a small sample size, I think, in a 3-0-3 ERA, mm-hmm. and I believe they have one other pitcher who's uh, below three. You've got guys in the fours and fives. You've got a basket case in, in, in there in Martin Perez that has to have a conference on the mound every time he throws a ball. Um. You know, it, it, my point is Bannister needs to get the right coaches in there. And it, as we've said many times, we've borrowed this from a particular movie. It's show business, not show friends. Let's get your friends out of the coaching position and let's go get some real coaches in there because you're talking about Joey Gallo. Yeah, he hits the ball 7,000 feet. But, again, if you look at his K percentage, it's in the mid-40s, low to mid-40s. That's ridiculous. I don't care how many home runs he hit, there needs to be some accountability uh, for guys that, that can barely hit above the Mendoza line. Do you feel, okay, when you look at the rotation of Darvish, Perez, Kashner, and Martinez, that's not enough. No. That's not it's enough. Not. That's not coaching, person. that's GM. When you look at back end and you don't have the arms that you need there, but again, I'm saying it could be both. Because again, okay. I'm sorry, Judge was just, and you know this, you know Judge was a strikeout machine just almost as bad as Gallo. And look what good oh, coaching was. did. Yeah, no, he was. And I mean, I'll throw you another name. I know it's still in AAA, and we got to see him come back up to the show first. We look at a guy mm-hmm. last year in uh, the minors and the majors, uh, Yoan Moncada, who had severe strikeout issues who, as the season has gone this year, has really, really gotten a handle on that. So it goes to show if you get somebody in there who spends the right time and, and understands what the flaw is in that person's particular, let's say, mechanics and pitching or that swing, uh, what it can do for a player. So to me, again, I understand he's finished in first place each of the last two years. He's in third place this year, three games under five hundred. I don't see any way for them to fix the amount of issues they've got at this point on that team. 
He can, and, and, and you know, you talk about it's not the it's not the manager. Well, when a guy comes in the game and gives up five earned runs uh, to to you know, when, he, when he's up two to come in the game, why is he coming out the next inning? Why are you bringing a ten to a ten to seven? The Rangers have the offense to still be in the game. Why are you bringing a guy out that just got absolutely lit up the inning before? I just don't understand a lot of the decisions that this guy's making. Well, and again, like I said, unfortunately, I do have to play devil's advocate and go with exactly some of the things that you're saying. And another player on the on the team that where we talk about Dyson. See, when you talk about Dyson, okay, maybe it's the pitching coach. But then you talk about Gallo uh, not improving. Well, maybe it's the hitting coach. Well, and then uh, Rufin Odor having just completely fell off the table. Oh, yeah. Far. Yeah, Rugnet. Rugnet. Rugi's having a tough year, that low 200 average. Oh. Uh, guy batted, what, so we, okay, so you starting to see a trend that either you've got the wrong players or you've got the wrong coaching. And unfortunately, maybe both. I don't think so. I think you've got – I think Texas and, and Texas fans, you've got some good players – you're probably two arms short, one in the rotation, one in the back end, and go straighten out Dyson, somebody, okay, because that kid was lights out. But, yeah, no, definitely some coaching. Good hitting coaches definitely needed, apparently, apparently. Uh, at the very least. Yeah. But now, like I said, I mean, the back end of that rotation. But you, what did you say? I'm sorry. You don't like Bush? Oh no no I don't dislike Bush at all. Um, he's got he's got some nice stuff you know great story for that kid his whole situation and what he's overcome and and how well he's pitched in in the major leagues. But by where they're using him now because of the struggles with Dyson by default he basically slides into your closer spot. Um, you know and how many managers out there are using a guy like Bush if he's their closer in the seventh or eighth inning? They they don't have the bridge guy to get to Bush so that makes Bush's effectiveness. Lower is what I'm trying to say. Just not enough bush to go around. No, there really isn't. The 10-day DL. Now, for fantasy players out there, the 10-day DL, it's had an effect on a fantasy game now, hasn't it? Don't you don't you see a difference? And do you like the 10-day DL? Uh, it seems like uh, teams are quicker now to throw that guy on the DL. Um, you know, with maybe a smaller minor injuries just to let let that heal because it's obviously, you know, not 15, they're down to 10, so they have a little less time that that player is required to be out, and it gives them time to heal up those minor nicks and injuries. Other than that, I really haven't seen a whole lot as far as my fantasy game and the way it affects me. just seems like there's more guys on the DL than ever before. So, in the, if you play in the Yahoo Leagues, they have it set up where you have two guys, two designated spots for the DL. And there is not a league that I'm in that I have less than three guys per team on the DL. Some of them four, one of them five. <laughs> and these are guys <laughs> that you can't, you can't drop. I mean, these are guys that you just can't drop. And it's like, all right, they're just using this tag now. To go ahead, it seems like a good way to call up somebody to take a quick look at something on them. 
see if yeah, we can see, that. see if they're ready. Well, I mean, we saw it. The other uh, night. I don't like we it. saw it the other night. We saw it the other night in yeah. uh, in Arlington, where they brought uh, top pitching prospect Jose De Leon up for the Rays. Came up and basically came in and pitched two innings out of the bullpen. Uh, as uh, you know, they had placed him in the DL earlier in the day, and then shipped right back down uh, after the game. So, I mean, that, that goes to your point right there. And we're talking about a top pitching prospect in all of baseball. So, you know, no one's immune to that quick cup of coffee anymore with a ten-day DL. Ten-day DL, and it's a pain in the ass. Uh, really, uh, I don't know. I, I guess they needed to change it. I don't know what was supposed to be the purpose uh, of this. Make it easier for teams or. I have uh, no idea. Well, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't think Manfred really has any idea what the change was. I think it was change for change's sake. Is it, speaking of Manfred, isn't he isn't he directly responsible for the lack of fanfare that Pujols is getting? He's about to hit 600 home runs, and there is I no fanfare. Yeah, is this the quietest 600 you've ever seen? Yeah, there's definitely a correlation between that. And, and again, this is my speculation. I want to make sure I say that up front. Do I have any hard facts to go with this? Absolutely not. But I wonder if, you know, what Pulhus's rookie year was, what, oh, 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. somewhere in that boat. Uh, you know, that was kind of smack dab in the middle of the steroid era. I wonder if Manfred's more in Major League Baseball's more of approach of let it happen because we don't really know one way or the other on Albert Pujols. And if we, if it turns out he did, we don't want to look like we were supporting it type of thing. So I wonder if that's got something to do with it. It is. I don't know. It it very well might, but I mean, okay. Think where he is in baseball history Think of how long the game of baseball has been played, folks. And right now, Pujols is number nine on the list and still counting. Number nine on the list behind Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Alex Rodriguez, Willie Mays, Ken Griffey, Jim Tomei, Sammy Sosa. Now, at 599, at 599, you got to figure Ken Griffey at 630 is within reach. You're talking he has a chance to be top six, top six all time in HR department. Mm -hmm. You've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. Do you realize he's past Frank Robinson, Mark McGuire, Reggie Jackson, Mike Schmidt, Mickey tough, Mantle, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams. For Frank I'm, just, I'm just trying to let the fans, I know you know, but the fans out there to realize just how bad they're not, I, I don't understand. But Is wait, it because wait, he's Dominican? Now, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate. Now it's my turn. I'm sorry, that's the most overinflated statistic in all of baseball. The names of the guys you mentioned there, they hit in real baseball cathedrals like the Polo Grounds and Forbes Field and some of these other places where you didn't have to bunt the ball and it go over the fence like it could in Philly or Houston or some of these other ballparks where it's 315 down the line 
you know, we played in some ballparks where you had to hit a ball 440-plus feet for it to be a home run when you mentioned Mantle, Robinson, Mays, those kind of guys. They actually played in real baseball stadiums. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go okay. back and at least defend them there and say, hey, everybody's hitting, you know, home runs, kicks, dig, long ball. You know, we talked about that whole uh, Major League Baseball campaign from the 90s. You know, so I think that the number, I think the statistic is overinflated. I think at this point, let's look at it. Albert Pujols has a guy that was important, to, as important to baseball as he was in his prime without any kind of void allegations for the most part disappeared more quickly than him because he became absolutely irrelevant his last year in St. Louis for the most part, and he's really an afterthought with having Mike Trout on his team. Correct, correct. Uh, he, this is what happens when you're, you're playing on a team that you, you literally can be one of the best ever to play the game in a category and have it overshadowed because you're playing on a team with Mike Trout. But and I want to allude to your, what you had to say about the the different era, the different era. Miguel Cabrera is a and there's a there's an MVP mm-hmm. is a hundred and fifty home runs behind a hundred and fifty behind Pujols mm-hmm. is Miggy. That'll give you a Vlad Guerrero. He's 150 ahead of Vlad Guerrero. These are players of now. Certainly, certainly, uh, certainly, obviously, Cabrera. They've had pretty much the same career. 150 well, I mean, ahead of Cabrera. That'll just tell you how many. I don't know. Like I said, for me, I, I, I'm easily, I'm, easy, I'm, I'm, I'm a retard. I'm easily excited about things. And this guy hitting 600. Yeah, no, I am. 600 and getting absolutely next to no love from the MLB, in my opinion. Well, you know, real quick, you mentioned a name. Real quick, you mentioned a name. Frank Robinson, bad week mm. for him, too, as Adrian Beltre passed him on the all-time hit list this past week as, as well. So, you know, just as a guy that's uh, falling <laughs> down the board a little bit. So. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, let me ask you something. Harvey, Matt Harvey. Is he done? Okay. I honestly think I, – here's my problem with Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey still thinks he's the dark knight. Uh, no, you're really not, man. You're, you're boy wonder on your best day. Um, the guy's body uh, – the guy's body basically uh, stabbed him in the back. The guy's brain, if he does have one, when he's not sitting on it, he's not smart enough to keep his mouth actually shut. But uh, now Matt Harvey, let, let's talk about one of the biggest diva idiot morons in baseball, and uh, his his face is right there. So Matt Harvey is a middle of the road pitcher. Next week, I'd like to get busy on Busy J from New York on and get his opinion of uh, of Matt Harvey. You know, Busy is a huge Mets fan, but I think even Busy will tell you that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to see. It's going to be interesting. Well, you know, and somebody such as yourself, you, you're familiar with the uh, Mets pitchers, I know. Uh, how are you yeah. feeling about the rest of the Mets? How are you know? Right now they're they're struggling, but how are you feeling about uh, the Mets staff moving forward? Do you think? Uh, I mean, well, obviously, Cespedes coming back is going to help their run scored. Duda seems to be on a little bit of a roll. He gets hot every so uh, often. 
So uh, maybe some runs will help them. Yeah, I think yeah, some offense would definitely help the the mental state of the of the pitching staff in New York, at least for the you know for the Mets, because if, I think they feel like they have to go out there and hold the opposing team to one or two runs to win games. But you know, Stephen Matz uh, what do five shutout or five no hit innings the other day in Triple A in a notoriously hitter friendly ballpark with eight Ks. Um, he's going today, I believe, or tonight as well. If all goes well, he'll be back for the doubleheader on June 10th versus the Braves. So I think Stephen Matz would be a nice, uh, nice strong addition. Zach Wheeler's getting more healthy by the start. Uh, aside from one or two bumps in the road, he's had a really good season, nice comeback season. Um, and, and DeGrom, DeGrom's a strong pitcher. So at least three deep of guys that are above average, in my opinion. Uh, real quick, real quick, uh, while we're on the subject of the Mets and them having um, some run scoring issues uh, for their offense, uh, any reason why uh, we can't get Rosario up? Will that Cabrera play third? Well, I think if he was going to come up, you would have saw when the Drupal Cabrera went on the DL uh, here yeah. recently. I think it's yeah. it's all super too. It's all about money and control at this point. I don't see. I don't think the Mets see themselves as a wild card team, and they're not going to catch the Nationals uh, to win the East. So I think that's more of a control and money issue. We leave them down until a Super Two status passes. Wow! All right, that's a mess up there in New York. Okay, we're going to Texas. We're going to New York. We're going around the world today, folks. As always, going around <laughs> the country. And uh, yeah. You know, it, it really, it's been an interesting, interesting uh, baseball season. I got to actually see the Yankees win today. Uh, I've watched three games so far this year, and they lost. And they were up 3 nothing, and I fell asleep during the game. I couldn't even tell you what happened. Age. Did they win today? Yes, sir. Thank have- you. Yes, sir. True story. <laughs> I, it, is, it is a true story. Truth is true. I haven't got into the uh, afternoon games yet to see what's going on, uh, you know, get out of work and uh, get here for our show. So I w- it wouldn't surprise me. They're actual, their team's been playing really well. The Yankees are one of those teams that – Seven nothing. I remember correctly. Oh, that's uh, right. I that's that's right. I did see that. Never mind. I saw, I saw that. I didn't see the ninth inning. That's what I didn't see. I didn't see how they finished it out. Um, cause they had a four run, four homers in an inning against Grilly. So, so before, well, here, we know you're a Yankee fan. So here, let's, let's pose a quick question to you before we leave, uh, the great state of New York. Are the Yankees mm-hmm. a better team with Batensis at closer or with Chapman as the closer? Without a question, Chapman. Because it allows the Kansas to do the next thing. No, I, I want Chapman at the ninth inning. Give me Batanzas for the seventh and eighth. Now we've made it a six-inning game. We've made it a six-inning hmm. game. Hmm? Why I like when we had all three. I just – anytime, anytime you can shorten the game because you're the back end of uh, – your staff is that good, that, that's just a plus. That's a plus because you know if we, go, if we start out hot, we're going to hold the lead. If we fall behind early, we, we can still catch up at the end 
because we have a back end that's going to hold us in there. No, it just makes a to me, I've always been that, like that though. A, a good back end, let me tell you what a good back end, and for those of you out there might be new to baseball and, and, and truly learning the sport, in my opinion, a good back end uh, of the staff, the, the, the closer, the setup, and all that, okay, really, really can cover flaws in, in your front end of your rotation there. If you've got a weak starting staff, okay, that's how you get through having a young staff. If you want to build a team, and you want to build it with a good, young, talented staff, maybe you have one veteran on there, okay, but you've got a young staff, well, the best way to help that young staff is have a, a really good kick-ass back end. And uh, so, yeah, no, I've always been a fan of that. That's why I was so happy when we had Miller, we had Batanzas, we had Chet. Holy cow, that was for sure, we're lights out. Yeah, that uh, I would have never broken that up. I would have kept that trio together for as long as possible. I kind of like what they got for Mr. Andrew Miller. So, uh, uh, and they're not hurting obviously yeah. in the back end of the rotation no, no. or the back end of the bullpen. No, so no. You know, the Rangers could learn something from the Yankees, is what you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I've always felt that there are certain standards in every sport that you have to have, and. You know, it's always nice to have, oh, yeah, well, the Bronx Bombers and all the home runs and all that. that that's always been a Yankee tradition, and it always probably will. It is glamorous. But what wins games is pitching. And every time, you know, <clears throat> Mrs. Jester laughs at me because I am so frustrated. We've been together now for uh, – 15 years, and in that time, I've let her know each season pretty accurately our chances of success, and I simply go by our pitching staff. It was like the Giant games. Last year, folks, if you're new, uh, I went ahead and was picking the Giant games and was pretty damn accurate with my picks because I, I know the game and I know my team. Same with the Yankees, and still we're still that way. We, I, there's no way, and I'm sorry, pinstripe fans, there is no way in hell with the current roster on the field, the current 40-man roster that we have, that we end up in first at the end of the season. No way. So how many team? How many team races in the AL East? Is it a five team? Four, three, two? It is, uh, in my estimation, it is truly a three-team race, and the Yankees are not one of them. It is a Boston, Baltimore, and Toronto. So you haven't written Toronto off yet because, honestly, let's be real, with the troubles that Aaron Sanchez is having staying healthy, Outside of Stroman, really, at this point, where how do you see the Blue Jays' rotation being any better than what the Yankees have? Uh, that's uh, – and the it's not that the rotation is better. Their potential at rotation is a little bit better, in my opinion. But their bats, they have, they have much more offense throughout their, throughout their lineup, consistent improvement mm-hmm. offense. And – uh, I think at some point, I, I, there's no way 
Oh, Lord. I'm going to say it, but there's no way Judge <laughs> continues the tarries on, folks. There's just no flipping hey, way. Dad, I mean, it would be sure fantastic. Listening to this tape. Make sure you're listening to this. Pete, I hope you're listening. I, 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 listen, and for for him, because he's so you know, there's so many, so so few times that he's right about something. Comparing you and I to his knowledge, <laughs> um, you know, I really do hope for him that Judge turns out great because you know, finally he he was right about somebody. So um, you know. Which we'll get to because we have an article. And matter of fact, well, why don't we switch gears Let's to the NFL that. since you yeah. brought up Mr. Dello and his Let's article do. that he wrote for FantasyJesterSports.com. And since you happen to uh, <clears throat> are, be close to Mr. Dello, why don't mm-hmm. you tell our audience about the article and, and your opinion of it? And I'll, I'll 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 wipe up the floor when you're done. Well, I'll tell you what. Go ahead, and then we're, we're talking top was it top five fantasy quarterbacks going into the 2017 yeah. season. So uh, why don't you go yeah. ahead and you, you you set them up on the tee for me. Let's 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 start at number five. Who does he have at number five? Okay. I believe what at, Russell Wilson. Yeah. No. No. At, at number five. At number five, he had Russell Wilson. Uh, let me give it. Let me give the readers. Let me let me give the readers and the listeners the list. Okay, if you, and again right. the article yeah. fantasyjusticesports.com. Uh, it's the top five fantasy QBs of uh, 2017. He's got Rogers one, Breeze two, Brady three, Matt Ryan four, Russell Wilson five. We'll just start with that. We'll start with Aaron Rodgers one, Drew Breeze two. Tom Brady, three, Matt Ryan, four, and Russell Wilson, five. Okay. Everybody's got that straight. JT, yeah. go for it. Well, um, I'm, I hope the Ruots aren't listening to this because I really hate to say it, but in the interest of being accurate, how Tom Brady is at the top of any fantasy quarterback listing in any type of format at this point is beyond me. You look at a guy that, as you said last year, missed four games. You said at one point, and all that's really going to do is piss him off for the last, you know, 10 or 12 games of the fantasy season or the regular season even at that point. Uh, Tom Brady should be number one on top of that list. Uh, For me, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is good. But, again, I'm not even looking at him as number two because I look at a guy, and when I look at fantasy football, I don't look at just a few, oh, how do you do in the first six, seven, eight weeks? I look at it as a guy as the guy – uh, Le'Veon Bell, for example, is the same way. A guy that always seems to get hurt or play poorly in our fantasy playoffs. And to me, Aaron Rodgers, outside of last season, has notoriously been bad in the fantasy playoffs. So to me, that knocks him down a peg. I'll have Drew Brees in there at number two. You got a guy that plays indoor climate control uh, most of his games and a guy that has zero running game. And yes, Adrian Peterson to me still equates a zero running game. Um, so I don't see how you can have him anywhere other than number two. I'll give Aaron Rodgers three off of the strength of what he did last season. Maybe he's got an emerging star in Devontae Adams, you know, Jordy Nelson with another 14 touchdown season. I want to know what in hell happened to Randall Cobb over the last couple of years because the guy is absolutely tailed off. Uh, could the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a running game last year boost his numbers last year? Maybe a running game lowers those this year. Who knows? Matt Ryan, 
Uh, Matt Ryan, come on. One season have we seen what we saw from Matt Ryan, and he lost Kyle Shanahan. I think that's going to be a problem for him. Um, mm. I still think he makes the top five, but I think we're going to see a dip in his numbers. And I love Russell Wilson, but at this point, I can't. I don't think I can have Russell Wilson in the top five yet. I just don't see a, a dynamic uh, passing offense in Seattle conducive enough to make him top five. Your thoughts? You're dropping – okay, so you drop Wilson off the list. In other words, you've got uh, – of those four, would you have them in your t- – You obviously the first four, you would have them in your top five. Do you keep Matt Ryan in your top five? Yeah, I think Matt Ryan still has to stay in Me the too. top five coming off, coming off of last season, but I think we're going to see a dip okay. in his numbers. We're going to definitely argue then on the number five. You're going to drop Russell Wilson. Who are you going to put as your number five? Well, I'm I'm looking for a uh, I'm looking for a revival of the 2015 MVP and Cam Newton with the weapons that they've added to his arsenal in Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the receiving core. You got a year. Kelvin Benjamin's now a year healthy. I think that's going to help help his progression. Uh, Funches didn't show what we hoped he'd show last year mm-hmm. consistently, but we saw some flashes from him. At least late in the season, I did. I saw some flashes. Greg Olson, to me, is still a top three tight end in this league, uh, but I really love the pass-catching ability and game-breaking ability of those two running backs that I mentioned, or hybrid running back wide receivers that they drafted out of Ohio State and Stanford. And I just think those are the kind of guys that you can throw a five-yard dump off to. Uh, and you always have Cam's running ability, and Cam's going to score touchdowns on the ground no matter what. So I think Cam sneaks back into the top five this year. That's what happens when we don't talk uh, for a production meeting this week. Because I thought I was going to surprise you with, with a Cam Newton pick. I am going to tell you who's going to be sniffing. And you're going to argue, you're going to laugh, you're going to call it Homer. But I'm going to tell you, he's going to be about set, six, seven on that list. Is Eli going to have a good year? Well, you this know, year? I can't argue I, with you about Eli, but the thing is, last year was his breakout season. Don't forget that. <laughs> yes, we were told that last year was going to be the breakout season for Eli Manning because uh, he had a I already had two Super Bowls, and it's going to be his breakout season. That's That's pretty funny. No, I, I actually do like uh, uh, Cam Newton a lot because uh, because they've added the weapons uh, and pass catching weapons, and yes, because no matter what, he's still going to get his every once in a while quarterback sneak and get his yardage. Mm-hmm. Get yardage, get touchdowns. Yeah. He's still going to run a little bit. So, uh, from a fantasy perspective. I I actually would have uh, have him higher than Matt Ryan. Okay. I would have yeah, Matt Ryan at five. In the yeah, I would have Matt Ryan at five. Just uh, right. going by fantasy points because I think of, the loss of Kyle Shanahan is gonna, is completely being undersold right now, uh, as far as what the quote unquote fantasy expert off of uh, the worldwide leader, the name we shall, shall not mention, <laughs> old Voldemort. But, uh, yeah, let, let's be real. Kyle Shanahan 
is a huge was a huge reason in the success that Matt Ryan had. And with him leaving for the job in San Francisco, I just I want to see Matt Ryan do it under a different system, a different coordinator before I'm ready to say he's going to put up repeat performance. Philip Rivers top ten. You know, on if you told me Philip Rivers with uh, Keenan Allen that wouldn't miss an average of ten games a season, uh, the rookie they drafted out of Clemson, Williams is already banged up and missing time. I Antonio Gates is father time at this point. Um, if he had some of the receiving cores that say even the one that say Cam had or some of the other receiving cores, I'd say yes on talent. But I just don't think he's got enough help. He can't catch the ball as well as throw it. Mariota or Jameis, better chance of being in the top ten? That's that's a tough one, and I think since we're talking fantasy, I'm going to go Mariota because of his legs. Jeez, come on. I, I asked you that, and I was hoping you'd be a little bit more realistic than that. I mean, are you going to compare the weapons that Mariota has to the weapons that Jameis has no, but I really? no, I'm not a Jameis guy. I'm not completely sold. You like Deshaun Jackson. I'm not a Deshaun Jackson guy. Deshaun Jackson has three uh, good games. I hate. Game. First of all, so you know, I hate the person Deshaun Jackson. I just I, like I, what he's going to do for that offense. You like that. Mike Evans is a good player, but a guy again, as I've mentioned on this show several times, if we had dropped balls as something you got points for in fantasy football, he'd be the number one receiver in the league. Yeah, uh, O.J. Howard, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, O.J. Howard to me, great player, wasted pick, because as you pointed out last year and you called, they have a well above average young tight end, Cameron Braith there already. Um, and then the yeah. running game, what's going on with the running game? Is it going to be Nichols? Is it going to be Martin? Is it going to be Sims? Is it going to be Jacquez Rogers? I just see too many variables in him, in his offense for him to feel comfortable enough. Whereas Mariota, they got him a lot of weapons in the draft. They've got probably the second-best offensive line in football behind the Cowboys, and Mariota can actually run. If crab legs aren't involved, Jameis Winston isn't moving fast at all. Jameis still moves, though. He's got his rushing touchdowns. He's not that bad, I'm telling you. It's going to be interesting. I want to see. Those are two young guys that plenty of people have argued who who would end up better, and this is going to be – uh, the continuing argument uh, through the, uh, the beginning of their careers here. And uh, it's going well, to be an interesting season. Uh, as a Tampa Bay, you know, I follow the Bucks because I'm real close to them, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to be an interesting season for them. But now, okay, let me ask you something. Successful or not this year, do we see, are you a good witch or a bad witch out of Blake Bortles? I think with that running game, with a coach like Doug Marone that's going to force feed that ball to Leonard Fournette and a guy like Tom Coughlin who's won a few things in Jacksonville as well as the city of New York, I think Bortles will have a a, a better season, I think, closer to what you saw two years ago. Uh, Better shot at top ten. We went Mariota versus uh, Jameis. Mariota versus Tannehill. Tannehill, a problem, and I, I believe I've mentioned this to you, Martin, is, is Pouncey. 
on unfortunately if you there's a direct correlation with how his games his best games he's had a healthy uh, Mike Pouncey in there at center and when Pouncey hasn't played pressure up the middle and he throws off his back foot and puts the ball up for grabs I like Jarvis Landry in the slot I like having Julius Thomas in the red zone I think you could see double digit touchdowns out of the tight end position for the first time in Miami since Keith Jackson played there um but at this point, I still like Mariota better due to that offensive line. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Let me ask you one. Let me ask that, you one. Where, where do you where do you put Kirk Cousins? Sure. Where do you put Kirk Cousins at? Let's, let's stay in the NFC least. Where where do you put Kirk Cousins at? Okay. Kirk Cousins, uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because they're going to – and that's one of the things that uh, I, I don't understand. Washington, all of a sudden, their number one running back is like the low man on the totem pole in their depth chart uh, from last year. It's going to be fun backfield. Uh, it's going to be a fantasy nightmare. Good luck predicting that one. I've got mine. Stay tuned. Uh, when yeah, he does the running back, so I'll go ahead and – Easy call. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanks thanks for ruining it for me, pal. (laughs) Uh, Okay, you know, very, very good. Um, I'm hoping you're going to go that route. And my prediction? I asked you about Kirk Cousins. You look at, I think, Terrell Pryor is one of the more undervalued receivers. You've got Josh Doxson healthy. I think Cousins. Well, you've got to remember, too, you got – yeah, see, I think people are forgetting about Doxon. I really and do. They are, and they shouldn't. And, and they, they shouldn't, shouldn't be. This kid's a beast. Yeah, I know. Th- yeah, they, they, this kid's exciting, and he's going to add a lot. Cousins, cousins. You know, you got to remember one thing. One, this is a guy who throws at a high percentage. Uh, he had a. Uh, not the best year percentage-wise last year, but not a bad one either. Uh, but you're talking a high percentage guy now with some weapons. I, I'd be, I put him between the 12 and 15 range without a problem. Without a problem. Okay. Yeah, remember you're going to be playing in, in the NFC East, where you're going to have a lot of high-scoring games with the offenses that are that are in in this division now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. Philadelphia – oh, my God, I'm going to get sick saying this. Um, Philadelphia <laughs> is going to have a pretty decent offense this year. And they got the running back that I wanted for the Giants and Blount. So, um, yeah, no, I could see I could see all the quarterbacks. I, it, it, NFC East will have – Four top fifteen quarterbacks. Okay. See, I just I I'm not as high fantasy wise. And you mentioned you don't think on so. Dak. No, I look at that as a team that's built to pound the football. That's the Ezekiel Elliott show. Dak's a fantastic quarterback, but outside of Des Bryant, I mean, what Jason Witten is beyond ancient. Terrence Williams is a number a low number three on the wide receiver. Uh, fantasy depth chart, if you ask me, not a wide receiver, too, where they haven't played. And Des Bryant really hasn't put up all-star Pro Bowl numbers over the last few seasons, whether he's healthy or not. 
So I just don't see Dak having that game-breaking wide receiver that Eli has three of, that Kirk Cousins has at least two of, in my opinion, that Carson Wentz has at least one of, with it. Torrey Smith, by the way, can take the cover off the defense, possibly give them a second one. But I just don't see Dak having the receivers that the other three teams have. Uh, no, he doesn't have the quality. A lot of teams don't have the quality receivers, though. I, I'm not trying to be an ass when I say that. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't sleep too much on uh, Switzer for uh, for Dallas. I gotta be honest mm-hmm. with you on that one. And, okay. Um, okay. Well, we're not. Uh, I just, um, my opinion. Uh, call me crazy. You look. You look last season for all prior in Cleveland with no quarterback in any way, shape, or form. Put up a really nice season. You know, I think he's a, a undervalued sleeper at this point at the wide receiver position. Could be a high-end wide receiver, too, even a low one, depending on how the season goes. Uh, we've already mentioned Docs and Eli's just got an embarrassment of riches between the tight end and wide receiver position to throw the ball to, and they all have size. Uh, Sharp's not a big guy, but he runs precise routes, so I think that cancels the, the lack of size out there. And then Alshon Jeffrey, a great red zone target, a guy that can go up at the high point and get the ball. And, again, Torrey Smith can take the cover off the defense. So I just don't see – I see Dak being number four in the NFC East. Of, of them, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy-wise – I see. I see. Dak is is number. F- mm-hmm. No, I still got to go with Wentz's four. Bringing up the rear yet? Because no, they are going to. Man. They are going to uh, use Blount a lot. Yeah, and I don't think I can really give. Yeah, I can't. I just <sighs> sad my life when I have to choose between Dallas and Philly, who I hate more. <laughs> And, and try and be accurate for my fans too. Yeah, no, it's not. Oh, it's not an easy job, but I do it, folks. And again, I'm not lying. I mean, JT. I mean, last year I, I was pretty good about my Giants picks. Now I was pretty honest about that. Yeah, no, yeah, you definitely fourteen yeah, definitely. and two. Uh huh. No, no doubt. We'll we'll see how you do this mm-hmm. year. Just saying. When the gridiron guys resurface. Carson Palmer. There's an interesting there's an interesting quarterback with the receivers. I mean, there's so many question marks on that Arizona passing attack. Carson Palmer being uh, one of them. What's going to happen with I John think, Brown? There's another one. Yeah, there's one that that, that really regressed last season. But, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, like a vintage wine, uh, just still a great great receiver. But the, the most the most dynamic and prolific receiver on that team comes out of the backfield, and David Johnson. And I think they'll go as he goes. I think Carson Palmer at this point the uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's going to. <laughs> yeah, but they still need so they still have to throw the ball at times, and that's my question. Well, where where that, does he lie now? What does he have left in the tank? What did he have to work with? I mean, all right, which would you rather have? Okay. Palmer? No, no, hold on. Palmer or Andy Dalton? Dalton. 
Now, Dalton's got A.J. Green, he's got LaFell, and he, now he's got John Ross. And Plus he's got Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd, too. Yeah. He's got some, he's uh, got he's got some weapons, okay? He's got Eifert. Yeah. Yeah, Gio Bernard out of the backfield. He's got Hill. Extremely well. Now he added Joe Mixon. So, yeah. the weapons that Andy Dalton so, has and Gio Bernard as well. That I'm taking Dalton. Yeah, that's hands down. Dalton over Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Dalton, exactly. And if I think if we go by Dalton, rankings, Dalton, over, Dalton over Mariota? No. What? I have Mariota. I have where Mariota. Are you, okay, let me ask you. Six. Where are you putting Mariota? I have Mariota in the 8 to 10 range when the season's all said and done. <laughs> Book it. You put the date down on the show, write it on your notepad, skywrite it across the, the Florida sky. I'm telling you. Yeah, Book hold it. on. He'll be in the 8 to 10 range. 10. Mariota. Mariota. 8 to 10 range. And better than Dalton. Okay, and then, okay, so I have Dalton better than Mariota mm-hmm. by the end of the season. The usual? Okay. Oh, absolutely, the usual. A dollar? Yeah, why not? Okay. Always get something out of the vending machine there at Casa de uh, Jester. Yeah, I, I have stopped serving people, folks. Uh, when they come over, it's no more buffet. It's no more I'm cooking for everybody. Nope. Uh, I've, I've scrapped all that. I have set up vending machines. Everybody can pay to eat here now. I'm not, I'm not cooking for anybody anymore. Uh, Pop-tarts are pretty good, man, except next time. Ooh, vending machines. Where did you man? get vending get machines from? strawberry ones back in there, man. <laughs> Where did you get vending machines from in my house? I imagine. Oh, I'm Lordy, you folks. This is what from, you get here. Anyway, Let's as take we a minute. Saying, we pay some bills and get back to the silliness. Yeah, hold on. We, let's pay some bills and we'll get back to the silliness. <sighs> folks, you are listening to Just the Facts, ma'am. Brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com and me. The Fantasy Jester and JT and the gang and all that. But also by Blog Talk Radio, bringing you the crystal clear sound that you're currently hearing. Great people. Love working with them. Fantastic customer service. And yeah, they turn out a great product as you're hearing. Uh, Also, brought to you by BreadFromYourBed.com. Joey and the gang over there. Fantastic for all your personal finance needs. They are a finance blog and also able to help you start up a business. Are you looking to get out of the rat race? Are you looking to start up your own business or do you want a little extra cash maybe from home? Let Joey and the gang help you. Go over to breadfromyourbed.com. They've got a bunch of freebies now. Joey and the gang giving away a bunch of crap over there. I gotta be honest with you, folks. They've got some stuff that they give away for free. Go check it out. Don't listen to me. Don't pay attention to me. What are you listening to me for? It's not fantasy stats. Other than that, no. Seriously, I like free stuff. There's nothing better. Listen, 
How many people are out there saying, hey, if it's free, it's for me? Yeah, no kidding. Well, breadfromyourbed.com. Joey and the gang, go check out their free stuff and more. Hey, listen, uh, a website. Where else are you going to get a website for free? They'll do you a five-page website for free. They'll give you $20. All you have to do, 10 minutes of your time, $20. Bunch of freak stuff, I'm telling you. Breadfromyourbed.com. West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach. That is your destination in Florida if you are a diver, folks. Absolutely fantastic times. Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. Brian and the gang take you for some of the most amazing, amazing times. Reef dives, wreck dives, boats, planes, and the shark dives. That's right, folks. Get to dive with the sharks with Ryan and the gang. No cage. Get to see what these animals are truly about. And don't forget, coming up is SharkCon here in Florida over in Tampa. Uh, you get to see Ryan and the gang. We'll get the dates to you as, uh, as that comes up. He's going to be at SharkCon, one of the guest speakers there. Uh, get to meet him personally. Again, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, all your diving needs. Demand Metalcraft. Folks, if you're in Florida, you're anywhere near the Volusia County area, don't forget, Deland Metalcraft is the place to go for your custom metalworks. 84 Lumber, uh, let's, let's guess at what they are. Lumber. That's right. If you need lumber, 84 Lumber. They will give you, and they will be any price out there. I know. I use them in my other world. Fantastic people, fantastic quality lumber, and the best help that you can get. You don't have to deal with the box stores to get a good price of good lumber. 84 Lumber, folks. As we get ready, back to the show, just the facts, ma'am. Don't forget, we have the other podcast, FXE Live, every Wednesday night. Now, there's been some talk. We're trying to come up with where we're going to fill in because we're getting ready. For those of you who are football fans, for those of you who have enjoyed some of our football talk tonight, don't forget, if you're a fantasy football player or just a football fan, we're getting ready. It's that time of year. The Gridiron Guys. Stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have an announcement about the return of the gridiron guys for this football season you don't want to miss that again let's get back to the show as we continue on let's bring jt back in jt uh i know that is one thing that you're excited about is the return of the gridiron guys oh absolutely gridiron guys is uh, it's football are you man. there i'm counting down the days okay. now telling you it's uh i like talking about football it shows i think uh, when we when we talk because i get so i I just get so amped up that's just what football will do one of the other sports that'll get me amped up though is uh normally hockey normally talk hockey normally i love talking 
Normally, I love talking the sport. As I'm staring down my Martin Brodeur jersey right now, paying homage to what was. Well, why don't, why don't you I have to talk about what is. Because of you, sir. If you weren't here, I'd talk hockey. But you're here, and I don't want to talk hockey right now. Well, I just want to replay. I'll let I you talk hockey. Go ahead. Say it. Let, let's, Say it. Let's pull the tape from last week. Come on, pull the tape from last week where we talk about the hot goaltender and about the, you know, hot goaltenders win Stanley Cup finals mm-hmm. and how the Predators were going to, you know, win. And this hot goaltender, they're already talking about benching this hot goaltender. Um you know, and, and, and the guy that's actually leading and save percentage in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs resides on Pittsburgh's roster, not the Predators' roster. So you're right most of the time. Uh, I gotta take scary. a chance to get you when I can. I mean, come on. In particular with hockey, I'm usually yeah. But you know, that's the thing. That, that's the that, but you know and it, it okay understand this and while yeah they're calling for his head already and should he continue to start and all that stop he had a ninety four percent save percentage going into this series okay it, you're playing a top offense it's not just about what he's doing it's about some of the looks that the defense is let is just letting Pittsburgh obtain there's parts of the ice that you just don't let the other team obtain and Pittsburgh is doing it with a a, a regular ease so it's either a player problem not covering assignments or a coaching problem showing how to keep covering up these deficiencies but uh, right now Pittsburgh looks sharp Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is working to death Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh looks good I mean I can't I can't say anything uh, right now it doesn't mean that the series is over, though. It doesn't no, it mean it. I know, uh, right now, they're down one. They're down one nothing right now. They're down one nothing right now. So, um, again, not looking good. Not looking good. End of one though. Uh, one nothing, and uh, we'll see. Let me we'll see. It could question. be another year for Pittsburgh, and congratulations if they do. But I, I just. I can't believe that all of a sudden they've fallen apart like that. Go ahead. Well, I mean, we look at it. Matthew Murray with a with a 943 save percentage currently in in the playoffs at number one. Uh, you have Gavin Malkin with 26 points. But who would have right. seen Jake Gunsel with 12 goals leading the uh, the Pens right now with uh, in goals and the rest of the NHL in scoring? I, I did not call that. Exactly. It's but again, okay. He's and it's where he's getting the chances from. You know, he's getting some good goals, and it just seems like he 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 is meshed well with everybody he's played with. You got. I mean, look at the other night. The other night he scored two goals. Okay. Of the four assists that were given out, not one of them the same player. He's just meshing no. well, and he's hustling, and he's getting to the spots that you need to, and it doesn't matter who the kid's playing with. Right. Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. No, you know what? It's not over. You're absolutely right. right that it's not over, but it's looking good. I live with it. 
Don't worry, there's always next. Yeah, if I'm if I'm a Pittsburgh fan, it's looking fantastic. I'll trust you. If I'm JT, it's fantastic. If I'm yeah, no, if I'm JT, it's uh, right now it's fantastic. If I'm Gina Howard right now, it's fantastic. Uh, she's going absolutely crazy about it. So um, <laughs> anyway, there's hockey. We talked basketball. We talked we baseball. Football. What? We yawned. We yawned about. We talked basketball we... at the beginning. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I said basketball. I said the word basketball. That's my coverage. You you did say yes. You did Seriously. mention the word basketball. Uh, I I weren't you shocked though? Weren't you shocked at the outcome of game one? No. No, you I'm sure it's all in that outcome. No, no, it, it's it was it just like last year. What was it Golden State jumped out to a big uh, a big series lead, and then you had one of those dramatic comebacks. This is all staged. It's all for the for the drama for Adam Silver. I mean, the Players Association runs the NBA now, so you know we got to make the make it look as much like a movie, a you know dramatical movie as we can. Well, there's some similarities right now that are going on in sports uh, from last year to today that are absolutely – it's funny that you should bring that up because that's where I was going. Is um, The Cavs lost – last year, the Cavs lost game one to Golden State by double digits and shot 36%. This year, they lost by double digits and they shot 36%. <laughs> last year, the Pens – the Penguins at this time were up two to nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals, and right now the Penguins are up two to nothing in the Stanley Cup Finals. Last year, the Cleveland Indians were twenty-eight and twenty-four, and in second place in the Atlantic in the AL Central. Right now, the Tribe are twenty-eight and twenty-four in second place in the AL Central. <laughs> What in Groundhog's Day is going on, folks? Well, hey, I mean, you left one out. Last year at this time, Jets fans Hmm? were trying to figure out what they were going to do this fall because they wouldn't have football. And this year, Jets fans are still sitting here trying to figure out what they're going to do this fall because they don't have any football. (laughs) Wow. I'm Uh, just saying, if you're going to point out the similarities, point out all the similarities, you know. Sorry, not much. Hi, I'm Tony Romo, and we'll turn it back over to you in the studio. Yeah, I know. That's great. That's good stuff, though. It's true. It's true. Yeah, this is Jake. Hey, let me ask you something. How important is this stat about about our friends in Cleveland? One of the things I want to ask Jim when he comes on the show is how important right now is the uh, is the Cleveland necessity for some left-handed hitting uh, versus lefties, I, I should say, versus lefty pitching. Cleveland's really struggling this year at 9 and 11. So I want to talk to Jim when he comes on. And, uh, folks, we're going to try and have Definitely. Jim on in the next week or two. This way we can talk a little uh, Cleveland Indian baseball and uh, some other, some other uh, teams as well. But definitely uh, want to ask him about, Cleveland right now, you know, they're they're one of the sexy picks this year, and they are struggling uh, nine and twelve 
versus lefty pitching this year. So that's going to be something to address and uh, see what he feels yeah, speaking, if they really need to. Speaking of or that, you see something that, something more. You're you're Theo Epstein now. Put on your Theo Epstein hat. How do you hmm. fix the Cubbies? That offense needs some needs some work, don't you think? You don't. You don't. <clears throat> you don't. The team's just going through it. The team's going through it. A little growing pains, a little slump. Every team slumps at some point. You still have Madden. You still have the inner workings. Most of that team is still the same team. Um, I really, unless, unless, no, I, I really don't think that you call up anybody either to well, help, you know, maybe like a Candelario, up. but, um, maybe you don't call anyone up, but maybe a uh, well, you said home offense, what, what to do with right, offense. Hear, right. But hear me out on this. Aside from his Homer and four RBIs today, you got a guy in Kyle Schwarber that's batting in the high 170s with a, a multitude of strikeouts. Do you think it's time maybe to send him back down to Iowa and get his right. confidence back, or do you let him fight through it? Uh, yeah, it, it's, tough. it's tough without knowing him what it would do to his psyche. Mm-hmm. That's a tough question because in some cases you say, let them fight through it depending on the player. And in some cases you go, all right, no, it's just too much in his head. I, I, I leave him alone I leave, right now. I, I think because of the manager we're speaking about, you know, if you're talking about a Madden or even like a Terry Francona or something like that, uh, I'll trust their judgment and the idea that they can go and their coaching ability to be able to work with a young man like that. They might be working on something and it's taking a little longer to improve. You know, um, you, you make a change sometimes to a hitter. It's no different than a pitcher. You know, we see so many times where a pitcher changing what they're doing uh, just from standing at a different place on the, on the rubber. So they might be moving and experimenting with him in the batter's box or a certain part of his swing. Uh, so, let, let's give that about another month before we say anything, because to me, uh, this is the month, whether you're a player or a team in general, this is now where you start to see, uh, now you can say, okay, we have a little bit of a trend. If, if an unexpected player, say in fantasy, is doing well in April and they're doing well in May, well, you st- still sit there and go, well, maybe, maybe not. But now if they string a third uh, month together, then, then you've got a trend. So I, and it falls the same way as if they're struggling. Maybe they struggle through April and May, okay, but they might still be working on a couple of things. But it, it, now if you get through June and you're still struggling, now, now you've got a, more of a trend. And, and, and I feel that way, again, individually or uh, uh, on a team's perspective. But you mentioned you mentioned offense. You don't you don't call up Candelario for a little spark, maybe for a little hi, how you doing? Something some new blood. Well, I mean they did that with with Hap, and he did really well to begin, then tailed off, and now he's starting to kind of come back around. Um, you know, a guy that doesn't get every day at bats that should be is Almora Jr. Um, I'd like to see him get into the you know get into the lineup a little bit more. But you know, I think the one guy that this team 
that no one's talking about. The guy that this team misses more than anything, he's dancing with the stars at this point, Mr. Ross. I know John Lester misses him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. It's, it, it, said about it's that the small things that make a difference on the team, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, you know, that, that veteran catcher that can just seem to veteran back glue the huge. team together. Yes, so, uh, you know, just looking at the Cubs at this point, looking at Lester's season uh, in general. So, Cubbies at this point, I mean, it would be stupid to bet against them, but I will say I have a lot more questions about them now than I did in April. Correct. Correct. Uh, and, and you know what? That's a, that's a good point, too, because uh, Schwarber, if he's busy working on his offensive game, he's taking a little bit away from his defensive game and working with the pitchers, baby. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see how that does uh, play out and continue. We've got nine minutes left, sir. Got a couple of minutes for the WWE fans out there that are listening for the Extreme Rules predictions. Let's go with, uh, I've got my predictions. We're going to ask JT his first. Um, JT, let's start off with the women. Alexa versus Bailey. Who you got? Well, as we talked Wednesday night, for those of you that missed FXE Live, shame on you. Uh, Bailey at this point, I think, has regressed, Mm -hmm. if you can even call it that. I don't know that she really ever ascended. She was handed that women's title. Uh, At this point, Alexa's done her job no matter which brand she's been on, and uh, I don't see her uh, relinquishing that title just yet. So I think this will be uh, hers to keep. Yeah, uh, I don't see Alexa. I don't see Alexa losing. And uh, ever since she's with, with that different look and everything, they just keep pushing her. And I don't see a reason why that's going to stop at all. Hardy Boys, Cesaro, Sheamus, and a cage match for the tag team title. Well, we've we've seen Cesaro and Sheamus hold the belt. I just don't think it. If it was working at that point, why would you have taken it from them so quickly? Uh, we've got the Hardy Boys back. Uh, I think there's something big planned for those guys on the horizon with the, you know, the Matt, Matt Hardy brand, the Jeff Hardy brand, that whole talk. So at this point, I think the Hardys will walk out of there with those belts. I I've got the Hardy Boys too. For this reason, they, they they didn't come back to not hold the uh, title there. They 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 really didn't. They they could have been anywhere. They could have worked the independent. They could have worked ROH. And I, matter of fact, they had a title at ROH when they left there. And um, Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, I think it's pretty much run its course of about as much as you can get out of Cesaro and Sheamus being together. Two mm-hmm. mid-card guys being thrown together, and I see them. I see them losing, and I see them being thrown to the back of the line again, and back to the uh, mid-card range after this is said and done. As they continue now with their heel turn, I, I really don't. I, I, I see bigger, like you said, bigger things planned for the Hardy Boys in, in this match uh, and moving forward. Miz. The Miz versus Dean Ambrose in the Intercontinental match. 
Who do you have? Oh, well, as our esteemed colleague Busy Jay mentioned, uh, he sees uh, some sort of a shield type of uh, reunification or starting to have those guys work together a bit more. Uh, I think the Miz kind of, you know, Miz basically seems like they have him hold a U.S. title or an intercontinental title for a little while and then drop it for a little while, then get it back for a little while. Well, I think now it's his time to get that back. Um, him and Maurice, they seem to be doing some kind of a push with those guys. And I think they want to free up Ambrose to get back in there with uh, Reigns and Rollins. So I say Miz walks out with that. Yeah, again, uh, the Miz definitely wins. They have been, uh, and since Busy Jay uh, has said that, or I don't know, maybe I just started becoming more cognizant of it, is that everywhere I go, I'm seeing former film, former clips, and all this uh, of The Shield. Uh, it's like it's being pushed through the different media outlets uh, through and through WWE, uh, it's it's interesting to see. So uh, I'm starting to really believe that that whole Shield reunion uh, might actually happen. It might be a good thing for WWE too, uh, to be honest with you. But well, they've got to wait now uh, for this five way match. SummerSlam, yeah. You think over in uh, yeah. over in Brooklyn it happens? You know, I mean, you know how the come on, you've okay. all people know how the fans are. Yeah, I think that's the perfect place to do it. You want to talk about a live crowd. It's not like you're in a place like Nashville where they sit on their hands for the entire program. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, the five-way contender, the five-way contender match is uh, is something that might not be as clear-cut as we first thought, or at least as I first thought. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, go ahead, you know, JT, Reigns, Balor, Wyatt, Rollins, Samoa Joe. Who do you have? Oh, Who the fan have? in me would like to see the, the, the two hosses, you know, two big guys like Samoa Joe, two big agile guys like Samoa Joe go against, you know, Brock Lesnar, that, that type of match. Um, but in all reality, I'm still still looking at things and thinking, the more I read into what's going on, the more I see what's happening. I'm thinking we may see a kind of a first-time match in a Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar. So I think Bray Wyatt is the guy that's going to get the opportunity at that. Why would you give this guy the belt after everything he's been through on SmackDown? You took it away from him relatively quickly so you could move him over to Raw, I think, to put him in the title picture. So I'm going to pick Bray Wyatt. Nice pick. Nice pick. I like the reason. I like your reasoning there. And moving okay. over to this show to hold this title instead of Brock Lesnar, huh? Well, I mean, as we've hmm. seen, as we, well, as we haven't well, seen. Well, okay. Brock we've already said Reigns and Rollins. Yeah. I think yeah, right. Well, um, yeah, Reigns I, and Rollins, yeah. we've already determined that they're going back to the Shield. Bauer might be, I'm starting to think, Bauer might be, I, I said Bauer. So for those of you who don't, uh, haven't paid attention to what's going on, I said Bauer originally uh, as the matchup. But it's funny you should say Wyatt or a big guy. 
here's here's where we might go with it. Samoa Joe to me. I, okay, if I had to pick one, I had said Bauer. If I get an mm-hmm. alternate, it's Samoa Joe. Boy, the battle of the I, dare I say though that you brought up a good reason. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Two big guys like that. I can see. I, I, I tell you what. I, I'm going to come off the bower. I, I, I'm going to come off the bower and go with Samoa Joe. I okay. say Samoa Joe. You got Wyatt. I got Samoa Joe. Uh, here's my. Here is my prediction about extreme rules. As we've got seconds left, folks. It won't be extreme. <laughs> I can promise you. It'll that. be rules. I can promise you it's going to look it's a it's a raw it's a raw pay per view. It'll look like Monday Night Raw to everybody else. I can promise you it'll be extreme. I can promise you it won't be pay per view worthy. I can promise you it'll be a snore fest for most of it. We'll find out. Hopefully I'm wrong. For JT and the whole gang here at FantasyJesterSports.com, the Fantasy Jester Show, FXE Live. And the great state of Florida and Texas, Talk Radio, all those people, thanks so much for listening, folks. I really, really love all of you. You made it fun for JT and I. As these numbers continue, continue to grow, I laugh, I laugh, but I am appreciative. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. Actually, pay attention during the week on Facebook and Twitter. Might have a surprise or two about next week's show, folks. I'm a fantasy jester. I am out of here. Bye-bye. Look. If you had one shot.